Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Maseches Ksubos, Daf Lamed Dalet, as we make our way through the Perak of Elu Naros, this incredibly packed and dense Perak in the world of analysis and in the world of Lamdus. And our Gemara continues to discuss the topic of Kimle Bidrabamine, a topic that we've been discussing throughout the last few Daf, a case in which our Gemara presents where we have an individual who's going to be Chai of Mamon and Chai of Malkos. They're Chai of Mamon because... This person did something that the Torah tell, uh, tells us that we're not allowed to do. And Chayv Malkus, because uh, they were in violation of a losase in which there was a uh, hasra, there was warning that this person, should they go ahead and should they transgress this particular action, they would be Chayv Malkus. And the question is, what is this particular individual going to be Chayv when they have both of these Chayuvim that come at the same time? So this was a machlokas between Ula and Rav Yochanan. And the Gemara then presents... Uh, the uh, the approach that according to Rabbi Yochanan, uh, sorry, according to uh, Rabbi Meir, that a person can be loke umishalim, that a person can receive malkos and uh, have to go ahead and have to pay the uh, pay the fine, which is based on a gemara in Makos on daf dalid amud aleph. So again, we have this uh, this concept of loke umishalim. We've been speaking about all of the different uh, onshim that a person can receive, all of the different punishments that a person can receive, and which. Uh, would a person receive, and when would we employ this principle of Kimle Bidarabamine? The Gemara then goes on, and the Gemara presents us with the following scenario, the following situation. Situation that arises uh, in numerous different places based on Psukim. Uh, in Parshas Mishpatim, uh, based on uh, a lot of different Mekoros in Torah Shebech Tav. And the Gemara tells us about a case that's referred to in learning as a case of Tevach Umachar. Person goes ahead, he steals a, uh, an animal, he shechts that animal, and then he goes ahead and he, uh, he sells that, uh, that animal that he stole, and then he, uh, and then he shechted. And then the Gemara tells us the punishment uh, that he receives, and our mayor holds that he's Meshalim Tashlume Arba V'chamisha. So he has to pay either four or five times the amount of uh, the animal's value to compensate for the theft and the slaughter of this animal. And the Gemara wonders why Kimle Bidaravamine is not going to be applicable in that particular case and ultimately teaches us that all of the above cases that we have over here that the Gemara presents us with, a case of Ganav Vitavach Lavodizara, I go ahead and I... Uh, I steal and then shecht an animal for uh, the usage of avodazara, or I am gun of shor haniskal u tivacho, or I go ahead and I steal an ox that uh, is destined to become stoned, an ox that um, uh, killed a person or was involved in some sort of uh, illicit behavior, something that was forbidden. So uh, this ox was stolen that was required to be killed, and then that ox is slaughtered. And a third situation of Ganav Vitavach on Shabbos. The person who goes ahead steals a uh, sheep or an ox on Shabbos, and then he goes ahead and he shechts this on Shabbos. Obviously, we know that uh, Shechita is going to be uh, in the categories of the uh, Lamites Melachos, and a person who goes ahead and slaughters an animal on Shabbos is going to be Chayav Misa for being Mechal Shabbos, based on the Gemara in uh, in Shabbos, Sandaf Ayin Gimel, where the Gemara lists all of the, uh, the Melachos, and the Gemara wonders, uh, why is it that, uh, that, uh, that these people are going to be high of particular ownership? And the Gemara comes to a conclusion that we have over here a 
category of shchitos that are referred to as shchitos she'ino ruuyos. That these are shchitos that uh, are not uh, are not going to be in the category of being ra'oi. They're shchitos that uh, they are uh, they're not destined to be miskayim. Therefore, uh, this shita that's done on Shabbos, you're not going to be chayav, dalid, vehei, because it's not going to be considered to be a valid shita. And again, within this concept of shita, she'ino ru'uya, so we have all of these, uh, we have all of these shitos, uh, ganav v'tavachumachar, ganav shor niskal v'tavachumachar, and why it would be that we would be the we would be uh, chay of the particular chiyuvim uh, and the particular onshim that uh, that we are going to receive. And the Gemara describes what this concept of a shchita sheina ruya actually is. And based on the Gemara in Chulin on daf pehe, so the Gemara tells us that uh, if an animal was shechted for avodizara, or the uh, the animal that was destined to be stoned, so it was never fit to be consumed. It was never going to be uh, under the category of. Ra'oi for consumption, and therefore the Chachamim uh, who come along and argue with Rabbi Meir and tell us that the uh, that the that the perpetrator over here is going to be putter from paying Dalid Vehei uh, is uh, because the uh, the Shechita is not considered to be what's called a Shechita She'ina, is going to be called a Shechita She'ina Ru'uya. So the Gemara goes on and the Gemara tries to uh, understand what uh, is wrong with the shechita of uh, in uh, uh, an animal that was involved in avodah zara and then was uh, murdered. And uh, the Gemara really spends the next few lines and really the uh, the emphasis on this stuff describing the concept in halacha that we generally refer to as the concept that's referred to as Masa Shabbos. Masa Shabbos, when somebody does a malacha on Shabbos for you, are you allowed to get benefit from that malacha? What are the halachic ramifications of a, uh, of a uh, malacha that was performed by a Jew for you on Shabbos? And, uh, and, uh, what are we allowed to do with that item that was uh, prepared or that was created or that was transformed on Shabbos for you? So the Tanaim have a machlokas over here, a three-way machlokas Tanaim, in terms of what level of benefit a person can get from a lacha that's performed on Shabbos. So Rabbi Meir comes along and Rabbi Meir maintains, and Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that food that's cooked on Shabbos, bishogig. So person goes ahead and accidentally cooks food on Shabbos uh, in whatever uh, which way it may be. It could include uh, a crock pot, it could could include uh, you know uh, a stove putting something where a person shouldn't put something. So according to Rabbi Mayer, food that's cooked on Shabbos Peshogi can be eaten on Shabbos by anybody, even the person who cooked it. But then food that's cooked intentionally, food that's cooked b'mezid, can uh, be. Uh, can't be eaten on Shabbos. It can only be eaten after Shabbos. That's the approach of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda comes along and Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion, of the approach, that food that's cooked on Shabbos b'shogeg may only be eaten after Shabbos by anyone. But food that's cooked b'mezid may never be eaten by the person who cooked it and it may be eaten after Shabbos by the one uh, who did not cook it, by somebody else. This is actually uh, the... Psak of the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Shin Yud Ches, this Psak of Rabbi Yehuda, that when food is cooked B'Shogig on Shabbos, so it can be eaten after Shabbos by anybody, but if it's cooked B'Mezid, it can't ever be eaten by the person 
who, uh, who, uh, who cooked it, but after Shabbos, anybody can go ahead and anybody can eat it. There's a third shita that's brought here in our, uh, in our Gemara, the shita, the approach of Rabbi Yochanan Asandler. And Rabbi Yochanan Asandler is of the opinion that the person who is uh, in violation, the person who is over the Avira of Bishol B'Shabbos, can never eat the food he cooked on Shabbos, whether it was cooked B'Shogi or whether it was cooked B'Mezid, but other people, uh, any other individual, whom can get uh, can uh, can be around uh, this person, this uh, item that was cooked may eat the food after Shabbos. If it was cooked b'shogig, but if it was cooked b'mezid, that person can never eat it. So, according to Rabbi Yochanan Asandler, this is the most uh, this is the most uh, uh, stringent opinion that we have over here that. Food that's cooked b'shabes uh, on Shabbos can never be eaten by anybody. So it happens to be that Rashi in Hulin on Daf uh, on Daf Tesvav uh, describes that we also have a concept over here that plays a role. Concept of what's called b'chadei sheyasu that if a person is required to wait until after Shabbos to eat the food, so a person has to wait the amount of time that would have taken to uh, to eat that food on Shabbos. And since a person can't benefit from malacha that's performed on Shabbos, he has to go ahead and he has to wait kidei uh, sheyasu. It also happens to be the opinion, the approach of uh, the Bahag and the Ramban, but the Ramban also adds that this... Uh, institution of Bechadesh Yasu is uh, only in the context of a malacha that was that was done that was transgressed by a uh, by a Jew and not to a malacha which was uh, permitted on Shabbos perhaps because of pikuach nefesh. So, for instance, a person goes ahead and uh, the example that many give is a person picks a vegetable on Shabbos for somebody who's deathly ill. So that item that was picked on Shabbos, that malacha that was violated on Shabbos, so that item can go ahead and uh, can, be, uh, can be eaten immediately after Shabbos. That's the approach of Rashi, the Ramban, and the Bahad. But the Rambam comes along, and the Rambam in Hilchah Shabbos, Perik Vav, Halacha, Chaf Gimel rules, that if a Jew goes ahead and if a Jew uh, does a malacha, he's over a malacha uh, on Shabbos, so he uh, can be Nehenet uh, from the Malacha immediately after uh, after Shabbos. That's the opinion of Rabbeinu Yonah and the Rush and the Ran and some of the other Rishonim that uh, is uh, is brought in uh, in the uh, in the Beis Yosef and Arachayim and Shin Yud Ches. It happens to be that the Shulchan Aruch rules like the Rambam and allow a person to benefit immediately after Shabbos from a Malacha that's done by a uh, by a Jew on Shabbos. And the Mishabura uh, also brings down this approach of the Rambam, but uh, again dependent on who is going to be in violation of the malacha is going to determine whether or not this, uh, this food item and benefit can be had uh, after, uh, afterwards. And we mentioned that in Shulchan Aruch, we uh, all come back to the approach of Rabbi Yehuda, which is brought in our Gemara, um, and uh, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. There are, however, a few exceptions to this rule that, uh, that I would like to uh, describe for a, mo- for a few moments right now. And the Gra describes that we should hold like Rabbi Meir, that if something was done by Shogig, it can be relied upon in a makum tzorich, that when we have a makum tzorich, let's say we have a situation in which somebody makes a mistake and cooks on Shabbos, and there's no other food to eat, so according to the gra, we can employ a, uh, a leniency over here. If there's nothing else to eat, we're in a makum tzorich, so we can rely on this, uh, on this shita of Rebbe Meir, and we allow a person to go ahead and eat this food, even on Shabbos, if it is uh, a situation that we, uh, that we would deem to be a makum tzorich, the bar 
writes that all of these uh, halachos and all of these conversations exist when a deoraisa is going to be violated. But what would happen in a situation that there was a durabanan that was violated? Let's say a person goes ahead and a person, uh, for instance, car- carries in a carmelis. Carmelis is a, uh, an area that is, not, is neither a deoraisa rishus property or Durabanan Rishus. A Carmelis is a, uh, a world, uh, really actually it is a, uh, a Durabanan world. Let's say if a person carries in a Carmelis, so the Gra writes that in such a situation we can be Mekel and we can get Hana from this, uh, from this item as well. The Mishabura on the spot writes that if there's a Suffolk uh, as to whether or not something is Mutter and a Makom Suffolk, there's not going to be a Knas of uh, not being able to eat it like Rabbi Yochanan Asandler. So if there's a, uh, a Suffolk in a situation, so there's not going to be a Knas uh, in, uh, in such a situation as well. And then the fourth, uh, the fourth exception that we have over here is a situation in which uh, the Chai Adam describes that, let's say there was, a, uh, there was no clear change to the item. So if there is a clear change to the item, we, take, uh, we have a raw piece of food, we take a raw piece of food and we, uh, and we cook it, so the status is going to be changed. But if an item was carried and it wasn't obvious that a malacha took place, like we said, there would be, uh, there would be no knas over here. There are a lot of ramifications of this, certainly b'shas uh, ad in the world of uh, some of the army shailas that arise, but uh, most certainly this, uh, this kula of the chayah them can can be employed. There's a tshuva in uh, Igros Moshe in Orachayim, Chelet Beis, Simon, Ayin, Zayin, where Moshe describes a situation in which keys are carried in a Rishus Harabim on Shabbos, and whether or not a person is able to go into uh, a shul that is opened by keys that were carried in a Rishus Harabim uh, on, uh, on Shabbos. And Ramosha was actually machmir in such a shita that a person actually would not be able to enter into a shul that was uh, opened by keys that were uh, illegally brought to open, uh, to go ahead and to open that shul. There is a, uh, another halakha lemaisa shayla in which Shlomo Zaman Arbach and Revel Yashiv uh, described a situation in which a door is opened in a, uh, once again, in a way that is compromising Hilcho Shabbos and we have a magnetic door, something uh, in the world of uh, opening magnets on Shabbos and Shlomo Zaman Arbach and Revel Yashiv were... Uh, Mekel in uh, in uh, in uh, in these uh, in these areas happens to be that uh, this shaila actually comes practical in terms of uh, a lot of people have different ways in which we learn Hilcho Shabbos. A lot of people have different morei hora, different minhagim, uh, uh, and different ways in which we uh, we paskin halacha. There are quite a few halacha uh, lemaisa ramifications uh, of these shailas in terms of let's say a person uh, comes from a uh, uh, a line of learning halacha in which it's ushered to uh, open bottles or open cans on Shabbos. And then we have uh, another individual who comes from a, um, you know, a, a line of halacha in which it was to open cans and bottles on Shabbos. Would we be allowed to go ahead and would we be allowed to ask somebody who uh, is of the approach that it's mutter to open cans and bottles on Shabbos to go ahead and to have them do that for us? So that's a... Uh, that's a shayla that uh, that uh, that is dealt with based on all of this. Uh, based on all of this lambdas, it happens to be that there's a um, there are quite a few malachos that don't fall under these categories. What would be a malacha that would uh, not fall under the category of ma'isa shabbos? So we explained uh, briefly before that we have a malacha of hotza. That when it comes to the malacha of hotza, there's nothing that's changing about a particular item. Tosos in the first daf in Masecha Shabbos describes the fact that. Hotzah is what's referred to as a malacha girua. It has, uh, it lacks many of the properties that many of the malachos 
the other 38 malachos possess. And therefore, the malacha of Otsah is considered to be what's called a malacha gerua. There's nothing changing to that particular item. So perhaps, uh, since there's nothing accomplished over here and nothing has changed, you, uh, you, uh, you're not in violation of a Misa Shabbos if that's used. The Aruch HaShulchan even points out that Seda, if a person goes ahead and you trap an animal, so that could also fall under the category of a, uh, of a uh, Malacha in which uh, a person can go ahead and uh, can get benefit because it's not, doesn't have the same ramifications of a full-fledged Misa Shabbos. There's a fascinating comment over here that uh, I would like to just close with, a comment that the Prima Gadda makes, and it's a comment that most likely... Uh, frames our entire interpretation of Hilchel Shabbos. This daf, daf Lamedalad, which really uh, deals with this topic of Maisa Shabbos. And the Prima Gadim points out, that's quoted by the Mishabura and many of the, uh, many of the, uh, the later poskim, that in the world, like we mentioned about bottles and cans, in the world of halakha, so we have many different approaches. We have many different opinions. And the Prima Gadim presents the fact that if we find ourselves in a situation in which there is a valid uh, halakhic authority, a valid halakhic opinion whom we possibly in like uh, in a lot of different uh, situations that would say that a particular act is going to be mutter, so we can rely on that uh, on that uh, on that fact. We can rely on that halachic psak um, when somebody does a uh, an iser and meisah shabbos. It might be uh, usser based on our uh, approach to halacha, based on our more halacha. But if there is a valid halachic approach that would allow that would find it to be, find that action to be permissible, we can rely on that and that wouldn't be uh, in violation of the Maisa Shabbos that uh, somebody can do and we would be able to uh, get benefit uh, from that particular item. So what comes out of this Prima Gadim is that there is uh, a lot of room to be makel on the concept of Maisa Shabbos. It happens to be in the world of Hilchel Shabbos there are uh, shitos well uh, along the spectrum of things that are usser and things that are mutter, and uh, we can rely on this prima gadim, this introduction uh, to the world of Maisa Shabbos of the prima gadim, that if there is an authoritative shita out there that we can rely on, we are uh, we are able to rely on that shita, uh, and we are able to get benefit from that item that was uh, that was made that was cooked potentially uh, on Shabbos, and uh, we can go ahead and we can be makel in such situations. And the Gemara goes on uh, as the Gemara makes its way down the uh, the daf of Lamedalar and Alf Lamedalar and Beis to understand the approach of Yochanan Asandler and uh, what is some of the rationale behind his uh, behind his uh, Chumer his Chumer approach uh, over here. And uh, we have many of the ramifications of those three cases. Of Shrita Sheinaruya, when we have the Shor Niskal, Ganav Vitavachumachar, and the concept of somebody who is Shochit uh, B'Shabis, and uh, all of the different halakha ramifications of those three Shritos Sheinam Ruyos, and that is Meseches Ksubos, Daf Lamed Dalid 34.